You're listening to The Luxury Item, the podcast on the business of luxury and the people and companies that are shaping the future of the luxury industry. Here's your host, Scott Kerr. Imagine if on your next trip you could be far removed from the chaos of the airport, skip the long TSA line at a private luxury terminal, get complimentary food and drinks, plus a chauffeured BMW directly to your aircraft. That's the idea behind PS, which was originally established in 2017 as the private suite and later rebranded as PS in January 2020. PS is currently available at Los Angeles International Airport, but has its sights set on expanding in other U.S. airports. PS is the first of its kind in the United States, modeled after successful VIP services at major airports like London's Heathrow and airports in Munich, Frankfurt, and Dubai. My guest on the luxury item is Amina Porter, co-chief executive officer of PS. Prior to joining PS, Amina was a senior director at Lionstone Investments. Previously, she spent six years living and working in China, where she was director of China's first boutique hotel brand, overseeing its development and growth. Welcome to the luxury item, Amina. Thanks, Scott. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time. So PS launched as the private suite back in 2017 as an exclusive terminal at Los Angeles International Airport. What was the gap in the U.S. commercial travel market for ultra high net worth flyers that wasn't being served at that time? In general, I think if you really think about airports just as a category, they're not what they used to be, right? I mean, post 9-11, Unfortunately, we've had to take a, take a stance and have a bigger focus on security mm-hmm. and safety. And that was done kind of at the expense of the joy of travel, right? I mean, if you think back to, to pre-9-11, and especially in like the glory days in the 50s and stuff, airports mm-hmm. were happy places. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be that way. Obviously, security and safety are non-negotiable in this age of, you know, terrorist attacks and security breaches and things like that. But we think that you can also have luxury and hospitality with that experience. And in fact, in the U.S., we've been laggards there. If you think of airports around the world, like Changi in Singapore, and and Doha Airport, and Dubai Airport, and Hong Kong, and Heathrow, right? They they have done it well. They're, you know, at times they're shopping centers uh, as much as they are airports. At times they're hotels as much as they are airports. In the U.S., we've just been behind. So, you know, we saw an opportunity to kind of bring back some of that uh, joy and that luxury. And on top of that, the, the concept that we've, we've built here in LA, and we're going to a few more locations, which I'll talk about in a second, the concept that we've built, which is a private airport terminal for commercial flights, I always pause when I say that because needs to sink in. It's not a private jet terminal. It's, it's a private terminal for flying commercial. Anyway, that concept exists in almost every major city outside the U.S. It exists right. in London, exists in Paris, exists in Frankfurt, exists in Zurich, et cetera, et cetera, where you can, as a commercial flyer, elect to not step into the airport and instead have a private terminal experience that's more painless and more comfortable and more luxurious. In the U.S., that hasn't existed, again, because I think we've gone, we've swayed too far to the security end of the spectrum. And so we thought there'd be a great opportunity to bring that here to the U.S. And we did that in 2017, and it's been a wild ride. So what is PS's business model? How do you make money? 
So how we make money is, you know, it's unlike a public terminal or public airport, you have to pay to access PS. Now we are designed for and best enjoyed by members, but we welcome non-members as well. So generally speaking, you pay for each use, depending on your experience, that can range from $6.95 to $46.50. That's for a group of four. Mm-hmm. So we have a few pricing schemes, but you pay per use and, or you can buy an annual membership. What the annual membership does, and we have a couple tiers of membership. Uh, one is $12.50 and one is $48.50 a year. But what the membership does is it allows you to then to pay a lower preferred rate per use, as well as enjoy a lot of perks like priority reservations, complimentary valet, complimentary parking, complimentary spa services, things like that. So generally speaking, our customers that are frequent users, and really the way the math shakes out is if you're going to use us for two round trips a year, it makes sense to become a member, financially at least. Um, so, So the frequent users end up enjoying the membership. But commercial airlines already have high-class airport lounges that are continuously upping the amenities it offers to leave lasting impressions from Peloton bikes to access to secret bars to all-you-can-eat sushi. How is PS different? Lounges, for one, only exist on departures, right? That's number one. That's like the first maybe not flaw, but gap, right? On an arrival, you don't get to enjoy a lounge. And then, you know, going to more details, lounges don't help you expedite screening. And this is actually particularly painful on an international arrival. International arrivals, uh, if you've ever, I mean, flown into somewhere, especially when you're not the citizen of that country, the lines can be crazy, right? There's a big gap there. International arrivals is actually maybe the most painful leg in travel and, and lounges don't help you there. So for us, it's about doing everything we do. We, you know, we, we serve domestic and every domestic and international flight out of LA on departures and arrivals. And it's a really white glove service from the second you arrive, you know, we're taking care of your luggage where you have a beautiful space to relax in. you have expedited TSA. It's just you and TSA takes, you know, 20 seconds, our customs on the way back. Again, it's just you, it takes 20 seconds. So it's not just a lounge to me. A lounge is amazing, by the way. I love lounges. So I'm not, you know, not saying that they're, they're not great. This is just the next level because a lounge is a beautiful space that you hang out in after you've macheted your way through the airport. In our situation, there is no airport. So you're not macheting your way through any jungle. You're just going through the experience very blissfully. So can you walk me and my listeners through a typical PS VIP experience from the time my driver pulls up to the secret terminal at LAX? You know, what happens? Sure. And, and for clarity, you know, we do it on both ends, right? So you can pull up to our terminal and I'll walk you through that. But we can also on, on landing, right, pick on you arrival. up at the plane right. door, right? But, but I'll do the departure. So let's say you're flying from LA to Heathrow. That's our number one route, by the way. And let's say you're flying British Airways on that route, direct flight, usually at the front of the plane, that's their customer. So what you do is you would, um, instead of driving to the airport, you drive to our terminal, which is one highway exit over from the airport. So already mentally, 
you're not pulling up to the airport. You never see the airport. We're actually kind of on the other side of the airfield from it. So it's a different highway exit. You're not pulling into the traffic and the mess and kind of the stress of that. You're pulling up to, you know, what appears to be a secretive building. You pull up to a, a gate. Uh, we only let you in if we know it's you and we know that you're traveling and you have a reservation. So there's no, you know, there's no uh, walk-ins. There's no people loitering. So it's very safe that way. You know, we have a guarded entrance. You would pull in, you know, a lot of our LA customers like to drive themselves. And that's a big luxury that that we like to offer is you'd probably drive yourself. You would pull in to the front of our building. We would valet your car and whisk your luggage away immediately. We take it out of your trunk. And you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to put it on a scale or worry how much it weighs or how does it, you know, how does it get to your plane? We take care of that. That's the magic in the background. And we would escort you to your choice of a suite or the salon, depending on your reservation. The salon is a kind of social lounge experience. So uh, think of it almost like a, a private members club kind of feel where it's centered around the bar and you're there with other people that's on site in our terminal or a private suite, which is kind of our namesake. It's the, the service we launched with. And that is exactly what it sounds like. You have your own suite. So it's just for you and your traveling party. So we'd escort you to the space. And in that space, you can really spend your time as you like it. That's, that's sort of our promise to you. You can get a massage, you can order some food, you can kick back and watch a movie. You know, you can, uh, we have a mixology program. Really, uh, you enjoy your time as you please. And on average, people spend about an hour with us on site before their flight in this instance, you know, a little less on, on a domestic departure and a little longer on an international departure. And then when it's time to board, your dedicated team of PS agents will, will escort you through our TSA, which is on site. Again, it takes, you know, 20 seconds. It's just you in there. You go through there very quickly. And then on the other side, after clearing TSA, you are essentially on the airfield and, and we uh, board you into one of our BMWs and drive you across the airfield, across the tarmac, up to your commercial flight, which is to this day kind of the wow moment for our customers because driving by these like majestic 777s and right. you know 320s and all that it's just it's, it's, a, it's a really wow experience and no matter how many times you've done it it's just beautiful so you would pull up to your plane to your commercial flights like it as if it were you know a private jet and we would escort you up the exterior staircase kind of head of state style and into your seat so you're not dealing with lines. You're not dealing with, with, with check-in counters. You're not dealing with any of that. It's all very seamless. And then on an arrival back into LA, it's really the same thing in reverse. We meet you at the plane door. We walk you down the exterior staircase, which most people don't even notice because it's, it's reserved for, you know, uh, airplanes, uh, air, sorry, airport staff for a commercial flight and into the car and we would drive you to our building where you would clear customs or, or uh, board your, or, you know, board your car. Uh, on a domestic arrival. So who are your typical all access customers who pay the annual membership fee and use the private suites? Who are they? Tell me your typical. Customers. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that the, the misconception is that we are for celebrities, you know, that's kind of where the media has decided to paint us. But mm -hmm. um, the reality is, you know, about a third of our customers and members are public figures 
but two thirds are not, the majority are not. Now, of course they are, you know, ultra high net worth people, right? Due to just the, the nature of our service and the pricing. Almost all of them live in LA or at least have a second home in LA. I guess for all of them, LA is their home airport. Pre-pandemic, about 60% of the routes we were serving were international and 40% were domestic. That number has flipped. So it's about 40% international right now, but we expect it to kind of pick up as, as travel continues to recover here. And most airport lounges closed during the height of the pandemic. Uh, what about PS? No, we stayed open every single day. We did not close one day. So what do you do during that downtime? Yeah, I mean, we made a decision to stay open, right, strategically, um, because that is when our customers needed us the most. So even though in the late March 2020, there were many days where we had nobody, we, were, remained, we maintained our commitments to kind of provide that privacy at times when people wanted to social distance and wanted their privacy the most, right? So we stayed open. There were many very slow days, but there were many days where, you know, just having one member, two members come through just kind of made our day, right? Because we were able to serve them when they needed us the most. I'm sorry, sorry. Did you use it as a workspace for people who just wanted to come in and not be at home or? No, 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 no. Sorry. Okay. No, we served them as travelers. Oh, Okay. No, we stayed open. We stayed open. There were, there were just many days that were closed. Right, <laughs> Sorry, right. that were slow. Right. But we were we were there and we were, you know, if you wanted to reserve PS experience, you could. Because there were still some flights, right? Flights weren't completely canceled. Right. They were just um, very low volume. But actually, what I was going to say was during the height of the pandemic is actually when we, we did two things. We, we launched a new service called PS Direct which is where on a domestic arrival, once we meet you at the plane door and you're in our BMW, we drive you straight to your home or hotel. You don't even stop by our terminal. So you get driven from the plane to your destination. We launched that during the pandemic because we saw the need for you know, the most socially distant kind of service. And so that obviously was well met. In 2021, we launched the salon. So we, we continue to kind of innovate and meet our customers where they were. And we learn more about their needs during the pandemic as you do during times of crisis. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the salon. So yeah, you launched it in early 2021, just when Americans were looking to travel again. You further expanded your services to open this salon. This, this sounds like it's a communal lounge space for That's travelers right. and available at a much more accessible price point. Can Correct. you talk about the salon and why you added this service? Was it really to jumpstart the business after a decimated commercial aviation sector? No, I mean, it was always on our drawing board from day one. From day one, we, we started with the suites because our, you know, our origin story was we, we, we were founded within a security company called Gavin DeBecker and Associates that, that serves and and protects the most influential people in the world. So those were the customers we knew and we knew they wanted suites. So that's what we started with. But very, you know, from the very beginning, our vision was to make this, you know, more accessible. It's not free, that's what a lounge is, right? But to certainly make it more accessible. And so the salon was always an idea we had. The pandemic, A, accelerated that need because we felt that more people would want to stay away from the crowds at the airport but also allowed us the opportunity to, to uh, undergo construction, right? <laughs> Downtime is usually the best time when to build. To build. So, so those two things made it so that the salon 
came to life during the pandemic and it's been really, really well received. Demographically, are the salon only customers different from the full paying all access customers? Yeah, I mean, as you would expect, they're younger, they're mobile. They're, uh, it's, the salon also pricing wise is designed for the individual tra- uh, traveler. The suites are priced the same, whether you're one person or four people. But uh, so if you're traveling alone, so we have a lot of like frequent business travelers and that you don't necessarily care about privacy or, you know, or extreme privacy, I should say, then the salon makes a lot more sense. So, so it is very much a different demographic. The pandemic was famously bad for the airline industry. I don't have to tell you that incredibly strong for private jet travel. Many travelers switched to private jets for safety, privacy, and comfort, boosting the private aviation industry to completely new heights with many of those travelers being first-time customers. And it doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. So how has the surge in private aviation impacted your business? So it, uh, people ask us this all the time, and it hasn't really because, first of all, it is certainly for our all-access memberships. It is the same customer. The customer who's flying private is also using us. But they're using us in two different use cases. So most people that fly private, and you know the Scott, are flying private when they're going, say, from L.A. to San Francisco, mm-hmm. L.A. to Chicago, maybe L.A. to Cabo. It's very rare that someone's flying private L.A. to Dubai. Now, there are some, you know, a few lucky people in the world that get to do that. But most people are flying private short haul. But when they're flying long haul, you know, these 10, 11, 12, 14 hour flights, They'll often fly commercial. Now they'll fly, you know, some very nice, almost suite-like seats in the plane commercial. They'll fly commercial. And so that's when we come in. And so we actually partner with a lot of private jet companies because we share that same customer. So what has been the biggest challenge for you in carving out a completely new category and building a luxury brand from scratch? I mean, it's exactly that, right? I think our biggest challenge, and we love it, is that we are creating a new category. And so you can't look to your left and right and and get inspiration or see what your competitors are doing and do it better. We're really redefining kind of what private airport means. And not even in the US, we're defining it. And so the challenge is deciding what to tackle, right? There's so many levers to pull and there's so many ways to raise the bar. And in a way, you can keep raising the bar as high as you want because there's no competition to kind of compare yourself to. And so you essentially never stop. It's like we're constantly improving, constantly innovating, constantly, you know, pushing ourselves to, to do new things, which is why you see that with us. Like we just launched a new food and beverage program. Last year we launched a new service. And, and then obviously you, you add to that the fact that we're a luxury brand, which means, as you know, the margin for error is zero, right? To innovate and, and kind of, write the new, like write the playbook while still having to maintain the highest of standards is quite the challenge, but we love it. Did you learn anything of interesting about your affluent customers' needs and expectations coming out of the pandemic that ended up actually informing your strategies? I, I think the biggest thing was that it was what gate kind of accelerated the salon, right? Was that privacy, I think, I've been saying this for a few years now, I think Privacy is kind of the new luxury. It used to be that everyone wanted to be seen and everyone had a public profile on social media. And, but in a 
in a world of like data breaches and no, no privacy, like people want their own peace and quiet. People want to be more low key. And so we learned that during the pandemic, especially and because of the pandemic, actually, people wanted to do things away from other people. <laughs> and so the salon was kind of our response to that. And it's mm-hmm. as predicted, the salon sees way higher volumes, even in its short existence for us than the suite, because more and more people want that kind of service. They want to be uh, to feel like they're away from the crowds. And so I think that, you know, whether it was good timing accidentally or we predicted the future, we'll take it. And so we'll continue to develop more services that kind of allow you when you want, whether it's, you know, for your honeymoon or for every trip, whether it's a celebratory thing or it's just something you always do to be able to travel in a more private and kind of relaxing way. Young affluent travelers are more likely to own Bitcoin and play in the crypto space than the general population. So has PS thought about crypto payments or other alternative payment methods to appeal to these early adopters? No, we have not. We operate purely in US dollar legal tender. <laughs> that may change. That may change. But for now, that's not something that we've considered. But I'm but you know, but I'm on the edge of my seat kind of watching this all play out and see which luxury brands will start accepting crypto payments, alternative payments. So you've been at LAX for five years. What are your expansion plans to cities like New York or Miami? And what is the process for actually negotiating with the city agency to create your own airport terminal? I'll answer your first question first. The expansion plans, you know, for us, it's, we'd like to be in every major US city. So there's no reason why a Chicago or San Francisco or, you know, or DC or New York or Miami could not support a private airport terminal for commercial flights. So that's, we have our eyes set on all the obvious kind of major cities where this should exist. And we're working hard to make that happen. Now that segues to your second question. The process for making that happen is understandably very long. You know, we are dealing with government entities. We are dealing with public land and we are dealing with explaining and selling, if you will, a concept that is very novel. And one of the hardest things about our business is it's really difficult to understand what we do unless until you try it. And so, of course, when we land in New York and pitch to the Port Authority, our concept, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while for them to get their heads around us. It's going to take a while for us to find the perfect piece of land we're building. It's going to take a while for us to get all the necessary approvals from the Department of Homeland Security and et cetera. So these things have a really long sales cycle, but we're getting close. We're getting really close on three airports, uh, one of which we'll be announcing probably in the next uh, month or two. So my final question, Amina, is the luxury item question, which I ask all my guests. So if you were stranded on a deserted island, and you can only have one luxury item with you. Mm-hmm. What would that luxury item be? It can't be any form of air transportation or water transportation. Can't require anything that needs mobile service. So you can't call anybody to get you off that, that island. It's just you, sand, palm, bunch of palm trees surrounded by a lot of water. What would that one luxury item be that you would like to have with you? Keep it simple. It'd probably be a bottle of Ruinart, my favorite mm-hmm. champagne. So I could at least enjoy myself while I'm there. (laughs) Little sips. Exactly. Make it last. A magnum, a magnum of it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Amina Porter, co-chief executive officer of PS. Thank you so much for joining me on the luxury item. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of the Luxury Item Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this useful and entertaining, I would be really grateful if you can share it with a friend or colleague. I would love it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other listeners find us. The Luxury Item Podcast is a production of Silvertone Consulting. I'm your host, Scott Kerr. Until next time.